back to another edition of the podcast. I'm your host, Michael Pagani, joined alongside Windsor Spitfires, but more recently, Dallas Stars first round pick, Wyatt Johnston. Wyatt, welcome to the podcast. Thank you again for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. So to start off this interview, you know, what do you do during the offseason to stay in game shape? Um, right now, um, I'm working out about five or six times a week in the gym and then I'm getting on the ice uh, about four times a week, maybe five. I'm just trying to trying to get as strong as I can and get bigger, get stronger, and then also work on my skills on the ice so that I'm in the best position possible once the season starts in uh, in uh, September, October. Is it crazy to you at all that your last game was, you know, basically two years ago? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is very crazy. I mean, it's felt like 10 years, pretty much. It felt, it's felt like forever. It's felt like an eternity. Um, so I'm just, yeah, I'm so excited to, to get back and get playing again with the Spitfires. How have you dealt with the effects from the pandemic, you know, that may have had on your mental health? Um, yeah, it's been definitely, you know, really difficult, really frustrating. It's been, um, you know, really, really difficult time for all of us. And, um, you know, everyone's struggling in a, in a different way. And so um, just for me, I think being able to, to just work on work on my game and work in the gym, I think that's really helped me, um, especially mentally. And I'm sure it's really been so much fun getting back on the rink because, uh, you know, here in Ontario, we, we've been out, we've been without rink access for, you know, close to almost a year. And now with rinks reopening, it's been good for you. It's been good for me. And we love the sport of hockey. Um, yeah, it's been really good that, you know, the rinks are starting to get back open and I'm able to get on the ice um, a lot more consistently and, um, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, when the next time I'll be able to find ices. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a lot better and just being able to, to get back and get back working and, um, you know, it's been really good. Growing up in a hockey bed, you know, like you did in Toronto, did that kind of help you fall in love with the game? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I grew up in an area that has a lot of outdoor rinks and just kind of the area I live in is, is a really big hockey area. I know going to school, um, so many of my classmates also played hockey. So I think, yeah, just growing up, it, I think it really helped me just being in an area where hockey is a really big thing. Did you grow up as a Leafs fan? I did. Yeah, I've been a, I've been a Leafs fan my whole life. Well, I'm, I'm very sorry for that. Uh, I know my Habs uh, came back from 3-1 and, you know, you've had to deal with a lot of playoff heartbreaks. So I'm sorry that you yep. cheer for, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, been a couple few too many heartbreaks for sure. How did you end up choosing your number 55 for the Windsor Spitfires? Um, I actually, um, when I first started playing hockey, I was, I just kind of ended up being five for, by, by chance. Um, and I liked that. So I just kind of continued being five, um, when the numbers were only one to, I guess, 17 or whatever, just kind of kept with five. And then once I had a choice to, um, choose whatever number, I just thought might as well double it. Why not? Um, and so, yeah, I, I've been 55 for, I think about 10 years now. Well, I'm pretty sure, you you know, 55 is going to become a, you know, a, a household uh, jersey to be sold in Windsor since you did get drafted in the first round. You know, congrats to you on that. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, yeah, I was, was really happy and I'm really excited. So, uh, yeah, it's been a crazy past couple of weeks. 
you played, you know, getting to your career here, uh, you know, you played in the Brick Invitational twice, actually, starting back in 2011. What does it mean for you to play in a tournament that is so coveted? Um, yeah, I mean, playing in the Brick tournament was, you know, a really, really, really fun experience for me. Um, just kind of just kind of the atmosphere playing in the middle of a mall. Um, you know, there's usually, you know, a fair amount of fans watching the games. And I think just kind of the way the setup of the rink, just playing in a mall, being... Um, just also just kind of living in the wall, being mall, being able to walk to the rink and all the fun attractions that, you know, come with that mall. And I think it was such a fun tournament. And also the competition was really good. It was my first taste of playing against um, some of the top players from around North America. So, uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience for me. It's not every day that you get to play inside a mall. So, you know, those experiences are definitely fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty special and pretty cool. You play, you know, your your position is listed as a center. So what's it like carrying those responsibilities as a centerman? Um, I actually really like it. I think, you know, I like having a big impact on the game. And I think, you know, playing center, you're able to impact the game, you know, really well offensively and also defensively. Um, so, yeah, I think I just like, you know, being in the middle of it, um, you know, especially just kind of working down low in the defensive zone and just kind of everything that comes with being, uh, a centerman so yeah I, I really like it how much of your off-season program or you know whether you do it in practice on your own is devoted to practicing draws um you know I'll, honestly during the summer you don't work on on draws too much I think towards the end of the summer I, I like to work on them a little bit just so that I'm not rusty going into training camp but um pretty often actually after practice um you know coach will drop pucks for you and you'll get to work on your draws so um, yeah, I actually get a, a fair amount of work on draws and I kind of just work on it myself just by working on my hand-eye coordination and, and stuff like that. Do you ever study what the opposing center's book is? Like, do you have a book on, you know, some of the you know best centers in the OHL and what their tendencies are? Um, yeah, I mean, before games, sometimes we'll have uh, videos of some of their sentiments and how they like to take draws. And I think a lot of it's just kind of learning throughout the game and seeing what what move they like to do or what they like to do on the draws and just kind of learn and adapt to, to try and win the draw. You played with the Toronto Marlboros uh, as your minor midget team. What were some of the benefits of playing on a team so close to home for you? Um, yeah, I mean, just being close to the rink has, has been pretty good for me. I was only about, you know, 15 minutes without traffic from playing in that rink. Um, so I think it really benefited me. And, you know, I know some players had to commute over an hour just to get to practice. Um, and so I think, you know, that probably didn't really help them on their, you know, on our performance in games and also in practices. So I think just being closer to the rink has, has really been good for me. Also, how honorable is it to play, you know, for such a, you know, a big uh, GTHL team like the Toronto Marlboros? Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, you know, it's really cool just kind of seeing the kind of what kind of players is have came through that program, like John Tavares, Connor McDavid. Um, and also just growing up watching, you know, the players above you that, you know, make it on to the next level, get drafted in the OHL and then make it on to the NHL. So, um, yeah, I think just being from a, such an amazing organization like the uh, Marla Bros has been really good for me. Just kind of seeing what it takes and, and seeing, you know, future NHL players in their minor hockey days. You registered 36 points in 33 games, you know, with your seasons, uh, you know, with the Marlboros. How important was it for you to be consistent during those years? Um, yeah, I think it was definitely really important. Um, 
you know, I like to kind of take pride on playing well every night and, you know, I try my best to, to play well every night. So, yeah, I think just the, the more consistent you are, the more you'll be able to help your team win. And I think that's the most important thing. How, did playing in front of your family ever have any, you know, a positive impact in your game? Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I really like playing in front of my parents, um, you know, being in Toronto, they were able to get to every game and, um, also in Windsor, they, they get to as many games as possible. So I think, yeah, I think I really like playing in front of them and, um, yeah, I think it's also probably, I think they like me watching me play too, as well. So I think it's good for the both of us. Did you have to deal with a big roster change, you know, year to year with the Marlboros? Um, yeah, I think there is, you know, a fair amount of turnover each year there was usually kind of the main the main core guys that would stay for changes so um yeah I think you know obviously there's some a few changes but you know it doesn't take too long to kind of adjust and just kind of get to know your new teammates and stuff like that well that's good because you know I I I figured that I, uh, you know, you do seem to have an easy time getting to know people. I, uh, and you know, that's such an important part. I, uh, you know, cause when you bring in new guys, there could be some unfamiliarity there. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, some of it is often in the, the recruiting process, just trying to get to know them and see if they'll be able to fit in well with the team. And then, yeah, I think for the most part, everyone's a, a pretty good guy and pretty easy person to get to know. So I, I think, yeah, it's a little bit different when, when you have a lot of turnover and the, the team often might look a little bit different, but um, yeah, I think I didn't really, I haven't really ever found it too difficult to, you know, get to know and, and create chemistry. How did you end up celebrating the OHO draft later that year? Um, you know, I didn't really do too much to, um, to celebrate, you know, I think it was just a really exciting experience for me and moment for me and my family. So um, yeah, I didn't think Riley did too much to celebrate. I just tried to, kind of just take it in and then get prepared for the season and to make, to make the best impact that I could. Well, you know, you got selected in the sixth round by the Spitfires. What did it mean for you to be drafted by Windsor? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was really special. Um, you know, Windsor's an amazing organization and they, you know, there's been a lot of really good players that have gone through Windsor. So I think just having the chance to, to play for such a great organization and be drafted by such an amazing organization, it was a, a really good experience for me and really good for my development and, you know, just my future. During your rookie season, you played with players, you know, like the names of Will Cooley, you know, Jean-Luc Foodie, among others. What presence do those players bring to the locker room? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they have a very professional way of going about things and they're obviously pretty good hockey players and also really good people off the ice. So they're, they're really good to talk to and, you know, get to know. And so, yeah, I think it's, you know, really good having some, some really high end hockey players in the, in the locker room. Would you say you'd like to try, I guess, model them in some way? Um, yeah, I want, I think, you know, I like to, you know, definitely take some things from them. Um, I think, you know, they obviously have a lot of knowledge of the game and um you know they they're they're older than me so I like to to learn a little bit from them um but yeah I guess in some ways I would maybe like to model them but uh, I guess in other ways that maybe on the ice I kind of want to stick to my own game you totaled 30 points in 53 games but what's the story of your first OHO goal um yeah I mean I think we were actually down for nothing it was it was my first game in Windsor playing against Peter Rowe and I think we actually forward down for nothing in the game and um I think there's a little scramble and I the puck came out to me 
Um, and then I just kind of shot it through a, through a screen and it hit the goalie and popped up really high in the air and, and eventually trickled in. Um, so yeah, it was a pretty cool goal to score. And um, we actually ended up coming back that game and winning about nine to six. So uh, it was a pretty crazy first game and it was a pretty cool goal to score. Did it ever take you by surprise how high of a goal scoring league the OHL is? Um, yeah, I mean, I knew kind of from experience that sometimes, you know, the games could get um, get a little bit high scoring. But um, yeah, actually, I've never really thought too much about that. Um, yeah, I mean, it definitely is uh, one of the more high scoring leagues, I'd say. So, um, yeah, I guess it's a little bit more fun for an offensive player like me who, who can have the chance to score a few more goals. Because, you know, we never really see nine, six games happen all that often. And I feel as though in the OHO, we always get, you know, high scoring five, four, maybe even six, two at some points. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think a lot of that's just because of, you know, you can, you can have some, some older guys who are first round draft picks to the NHL. And then you can also have the young 15 and 16 year olds who are just, getting into the league and, and learning the way about things. So I think sometimes that can kind of create a little bit of a mismatch and that can lead to goals. And I think, yeah, just overall, there's a, a lot of really good players in the league, which kind of, uh, I think, I guess, makes it that some games can can be really high scoring. How long did it take for you to adjust to the grind of the OHL season? Um, I think it took me about, you know, half of the, I think, from I probably about the start of the year to about Christmas. I think that's kind of um, just kind of the first half of the season. I just kind of towards the, towards Christmas time, I started to adjust a lot better and and get into the swing of things. So I think that's about the uh, the time frame. You played for Team Canada Red at the U17s. How quickly did you develop line chemistry since you're playing with players from all three different uh, you know junior Canadian leagues? Um, yeah, I think it definitely took. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of time, but ultimately they're all really good hockey players that I was playing with. So, um, overall I didn't find it too difficult to kind of create chemistry with them just cause we're all, pre- I think they're all really good hockey players. So, um, yeah. You know, it's good because at least you line up skill, you know, with your, you know, with another line mate. And, you know, when you usually put two skillful line mates together, you know, we saw that with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, it, you know, seems to work out in the end. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl may be a bit of an anomaly because they're two of the best players in the world. So, um, but yeah, I think just having the chance to play with some really good players at the U8, U17, um, you know, I didn't really find it too difficult to g- generate chemistry with them. What was that experience like at the U17s? Um, it was an amazing experience. I think just getting to um, just play against some of the best competition in the world, like Russia, Sweden, Finland. I think that was, you know, my first taste of international competition. So uh, it was a great experience. How did you feel when you heard the OHL was canceling their season? Um, I was, you know, I was pretty annoyed. Um, you know, I, it's kind of what you work for, just playing games and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a really frustrating moment. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good that we have a plan for next year, but yeah, it was definitely a, a pretty frustrating and upsetting moment. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I can only imagine just how frustrated you were because, you know, we'd see these press release statements from the commissioner, you know, saying, okay, we're targeting this date. Never mind, scratch that. We're targeting this date. And it's like, okay, well, you train so hard so often that now you're preparing for, you know, you don't know when you're stepping on the ice next. 
Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's definitely really frustrating when, you know, there's a date, as you mentioned, and keeps on getting pushed back. And um, yeah, so I think, it, yeah, I think there's definitely a few dates that, you know, were set out and um, ultimately it wasn't able to work out. Um, but yeah, I think that was just definitely frustrating, just training, training, just to, to be prepared for, for when the season would start up. And, you know, ultimately it never started up, which was, um, you know, pretty frustrating. Let's talk about the U18s here. You know, that was really your only taste of action here this past season. You played seven games, 14 Canada, scoring four points. How did that tournament help you mature as a player? Um, yeah, I think it, you know, really helped me just, you know, again, having a chance to play with some of the best players in Canada. Um, you always get to learn a lot from them and also playing against some of the best competition um, in the world and playing some of the, the top teams and some of the top players. Um, so, yeah, I think it, you know, really helped me. And it's, it's really good learning experience for me playing against some of the best players and playing with some of the best players in the world. Could you see the willingness of your OHL, I guess, teammates, members go the extra mile since they knew that this was really their only ice time? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, don't, I think we were just more focused on, you know, winning gold. Um, and so, yeah, I think we were just, you know, we wanted to win the gold medal and we were just kind of focused on that. So, yeah, I think, you know, pretty much everyone was going the extra mile to try and win that gold medal. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe in the back of their minds, um, you might've seen that, um, you know, it might be our only, only chance to play this year. You know, you mentioned just how well your team played, uh, you know, two members of, you know, your U18 team there, Shane Wright and Connor Bedard are probably going to be number one overall picks in the next couple of drafts. What can you say about their play given how young they are? Um, well, I mean, I think if you just look at the, um, the points they put up and how much they're able to help our team offensively, that says pretty much a lot about, you know, what they're able to do and how good they are um, just playing one and two years up against um, some of the best competition in the world and being able to produce at that rate. Um, you know, I think that just kind of says a lot about how good they are. Um, and so, yeah, I think they're both pretty unbelievable players. It, they make it look so easy when they go up against, you know, people that are one to two years older than them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes I don't believe that they're younger and, Sometimes I also forget that they're younger. That's just kind of how good they are. And um, so, yeah, I think it's pretty special getting to play with them and, and learn from them. What is a typical game day like for you? Um, typical game day for me is um, just kind of go out through the day, try to get, you know, maybe a little bit of exercise in, in the morning, maybe go for a walk, something like that, morning skate. Um, and then I like to have a nap and then have my pregame meal and then, and then go to the rink. Um, I don't really do anything too special. Um, I like to get my legs moving in the morning, but uh, other than that, just kind of hanging out, chilling and eating my meals. You guys played Sweden twice in the U18s, outscoring them of a combined score, 20 to two. Does that surprise you at all? Um, yeah, honestly, it does. Um, you know, I don't think going into those games, we would have expected to win. Um, can't remember what the scores were, but I guess a total of 22 to two. I don't think any of us were really expecting that. So um, yeah, I think that kind of caught me by surprise. I think just kind of shows what kind of a, a group we had there because Sweden is a, it's a really good hockey country and they're a really good team. So I think that just kind of says a lot about, you know, how good we were as a team and, you know, how we were able to gel together and play well. You mentioned earlier in this interview, how you felt, you know, really, you know, good, you know, representing your country, 
Uh, but, you know, going into that final game against Russia, what's it like for you to be a part of that heated rivalry? Um, yeah, it was, it was really good, really good experience. Um, you know, I think, you know, they gave us a, a really good game and, um, you know, they had the lead against us for a bit. So I think, yeah, it was just having a chance to, to be a part of that rivalry was pretty special and um, really happy that we came out on top. You know, one player on Russia that was a headline for, you know, throughout the whole tournament there was Matt Vane Mishkov. And I just want to ask one question about him. Was he whiteboard material during, you know, pregame, uh, you know, I guess game planning around Russia? Um, yeah, I mean, we definitely, you know, we were aware of him. I think just you have to be aware of a guy like that who can who can score goals and, and, and create plays like the way he can. Um, but, you know, ultimately we were just trying to focus on our game. And if we were playing our game, you know, I think we, you know, when we were able, we would have been able to, um, you know, really shut him down and not really give him too much. Um, I think he ended up with a few points and maybe a goal or two. Um, but yeah, obviously he's a pretty special player, but um, yeah. What was the feeling like when you heard the final buzzer and everyone celebrated the gold medal? Um, yeah, I mean, just, it was a pretty, pretty special, pretty special moment. Um, yeah, I think just waiting down, it was probably one of the more stressful couple of minutes of my life, just waiting for the, for the time to count down. Um, so yeah, I think it was, it was really happy and just kind of a relief just hearing the buzzer go and just having the chance to celebrate. And, um, so yeah. It's one of those moments where, you know, the time can never run any slower. You know, it feels like forever that, you know, the final buzzer is going to sound. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It felt like double the time. It felt like they maybe slowed down the clock. Um, but yeah, it ended up getting down there. This summer, you got drafted in the first round, as mentioned, by the Dallas Stars. Who called you first to let you know? Um. Well, the first one to call me was... um their general manager, Jim Nil. Um, and then he just called me and welcomed me to the team. And um, that was a pretty surreal moment. And then um, Jamie Ben called me right after, and he also welcomed me, me to the team, which was uh, a pretty special experience, just having a guy like him call me. That's amazing. I, I, you know, I wouldn't have ever thought Jamie Ben, but wow, that is really cool to receive a phone call from him. Um, yeah, yeah, I was pretty starstruck. I was, you know, already pretty amazed by, um, you know, what happened the last probably five minutes before that um, of me getting drafted. And then um, just having him call me was, was pretty crazy. Logan Stankoven, who, you know, who you've played with before twice, actually, you know, did get drafted by the Dallas stars as well. How excited are you to join him? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Me and Logan have a, a pretty good relationship. Um, you know, I room with them at the U uh, 17 uh, tournament. So we have a pretty good relationship and, yeah, I think just being around him at, you know, all the Hockey Canada events and we've played, created a, a pretty good relationship. And uh, so, yeah, I'm really excited to have him join me uh, with the Stars. And I think it'll be really fun just kind of being around him that, um, yeah, just being around him and, and getting to know him a little bit better. Final question here. Do you have any advice for aspiring young hockey players? Um, I think the, the biggest um, piece of advice for me is, to have fun and, and work hard. I know that's pretty cliche, but um, when you're having fun, it's, it's a lot better to work hard and get better. And um, that's just kind of going to help fuel your love for the game. And I think, you know, to make it to the next level, it's going to take a lot of hard work and determination. So I think just, 
just, yeah, I guess just working hard and, and putting on the hours, putting in the work to, to get to that next level and also just kind of enjoying it because, um, you know, not, not everybody makes it to the NHL and I think it's, it's really important to, to have fun while you're, while you're playing. Well, I'd like to thank again, Wyatt Johnston for joining me on today's podcast. Thank you again, Wyatt. Yeah. Thank you so much.